0: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
1: It's the offseason in the NFL, which means hope springs eternal for Cleveland Browns fans. Could this actually be the year, though? Will they finally make a Super Bowl run? Also, love him or hate him, Brian Kelly is ready for year two with LSU. And why the most capable team of trading for Shohei Otani shouldn't. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today.
0: Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
1: The Cleveland Browns made one of the biggest splashes in NFL history when they traded for Deshaun Watson and gave him Texas with a dollar sign in guaranteed money, even with Some of the off-field questions that dogged him. And the Watson part didn't work out great for Cleveland last year. But they've quietly put together one of the best rosters in the league. Yet, on FanDuel, our friends at FanDuel have the Browns plus 390 just to win the AFC North. Joining me now from Locked on Browns is our pal Jeff Lloyd. And Jeff, I, I know that in the NFL it's a lot of we'll believe it when we see it. But based on talent, this team should be getting a lot more heat. Why do you think they aren't?
2: Well, Peter, I think anybody who listens to On Browns on a daily basis would totally agree with you, of course, uh, according from me. I just don't get it. Look, I understand this franchise is, you know, it's been downtrodden. It's had bad luck. But you, you know, if the biggest question we have, and I don't think anybody's even saying, can Deshaun Watson go back to 2020 form? To be fair, that's probably a form not many quarterbacks ever hit ever so to say okay well all right can you get back to ESPN? obviously you know rankings are the biggest you know content pusher this time of year espn had them at 11th. at 11 if he just finishes 11 the browns are gonna be a really really good football team the browns most likely win the afc north they have some things that are advantageous for them they match up well with the cincinnati Bengals. that's the first mountain to climb within that division baltimore as much as it was murky last year with Baltimore because it was, well, what's going on? Where's Lamar Jackson situation playing out? This year, it's a little murky because it's you're now asking Lamar Jackson. They're trying to take him away from what he's always done and always done well. And, you know, in the whole Odell Beckham thing, it, look, I mean, they should be promoting Zay Flowers. They should be promoting Rashad Bateman. What happens by week three when Odell Beckham Jr. Has only maybe seen a dozen targets to that point? How does that all work out? Or does it work out where Lamar just goes back to his legs and then creates a situation where he brought in uh, you know, an offensive coordinator? But you look at the defensive side of the ball. Jim Schwartz. I mean, th- 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 you say you hire Jim Schwartz. It doesn't get a period. It gets like an exclamation point. Yeah. His years with Tennessee, his years with Detroit, obviously the defense was good. A little state in Buffalo, the defense was good. The Philadelphia Eagles. What does he know how to do? Create good defensive line play. What was the biggest problem for the Cleveland Browns last year? It was that Taven Bryant was the second sack leader on the team with three. That's that's horrendous to just even say those words. And you know, kudos to Taven Bryant, obviously, because it was a pretty good year for him. But now you've moved out some of the riffraff raff Clowney. The Browns, hey, they got all of it they could in the first year, and just like everybody else with Jadavian Clowney got that ball, they basically as fast as they rolled up the hill, it came fast rolling down and took them <laughs> all out with it. But you went out, and even think about this, they were okay with Ogbenaya Okoronkwo as a free Asian signing. They were okay with drafting Isaiah Maguire and saying, we have Alex Smith, we have Isaiah Thomas. But still the opportunity, and obviously a player that you know well, came to Zedarius Smith. And what does a lot of people want to talk about with, you know, Miles Garrett, you know, the leadership, I, I don't want to hear it. I'll take a guy who's going to get 17 plus sacks every season. I don't care what he leads. I don't even care if he shows up to the locker room. Zedarius Smith, you bring in a guy that kind of helps with that because a lot of people can look at Zadarius Smith and take knowledge from him. There's not many players that can sit next to Miles Garrett and take advice. As far as you know, it's like okay, well, I don't have a 45 inch vertical. Uh, I don't run a four foot. I don't run a four five. I'm not six foot five, two seventy. Uh, you know, I do not have your vertical leap. So you relate more to a player like Zadarius Smith, who gets it done through technique, through work ethic, through watching film, picking up tendencies. So the defense there. Now this team has now you could look at good defensive line play. What do you usually want to pair it with for your winning team? Great secondary play. They are three deep at safety. McLeod was a huge get for them. He can kind of be Jim's Jim's wild card because they had a lot. They have the familiarity there. They have Greg Newsom. They have obviously Martin Emerson. They have Denzel Ward. I don't care how it works out, to be honest with you. And I think Jim's going to be smart enough to rotate it. If this week the better matchup is Denzel Ward on Jamar Chase, well, if Jamar Chase goes inside, Denzel Ward's going to go with Jamar Chase. And I think Jim's not going to be stupid. And this is what he keeps talking about. I think my players are really, really good. So why do I have to play chess? If I could win with checkers, there's no reason for me to play chess. And I think that's one thing that Jim Schwartz is telling these guys. I think our defense is this good. I think you guys are this talented. I don't have to go deep into the playbook until we have to. And, of course, look, you're going to play the AFC North two times. You're going to play better competition. But until you're getting beat with the simplicity, you don't really have to go to the extreme. This is a loaded team, Peter. And until I find a reason to see it falling apart, I'm not going to be one of these naysayers that say, oh, well, it's just going to fall apart.
1: Stay up to date all year on the Cleveland Browns by subscribing to Locked on Sports today and Locked on Browns on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked on Sports today your first listen. Coming up, why Brian Kelly is ready for year two at LSU. Before we get to that, Major League Baseball is taking over the television broadcasts for a second team. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount back in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right. You bet 20 bucks. And you'll land $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the total to who you think is going to hit the first home run. Justin Verlander is on the mound for the Mets as they host the White Sox FanDuel. Heavily favors the Mets on the money line with their odds minus 200. Of course, you can also combine multiple prop bets in a single game for a bigger payout with FanDuel's same-game parlay. Love that one. All in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball.
0: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: It feels like a bad sign for baseball that media companies apparently don't want to broadcast the games. Major League Baseball will be managing the television rights for another team that was once managed by Valley Sports. A bankruptcy judge approved Diamond Sports Group's request to shed its contract with the Arizona Diamondbacks, prompting Major League Baseball to step in. This began last night with the D-backs game against the Atlanta Braves, MLB will make D-back games available blackout free through MLB.TV and will provide a linear cable option through a handful of providers. This same scenario played out when MLB took over San Diego Padres broadcasts at the end of May. Teams that win back-to-back World Cups are usually favored to win their third straight. So who's the favorite to win the Women's World Cup? Shocker, it's the U.S. Women's National Team. Fandle has their odds to win the whole kit and caboodle at plus 240. England second, plus 430. And Spain checks in with the third shortest odds at plus 550. Fandle also reported Tuesday that the U.S. has attracted, get this, 82% of the money wagered on its odds to win the cup. England is second. 5% of the overall money wager. The World Cup kicks off Thursday in New Zealand and Australia with an expanded 32-team field. On the Diamond Tuesday night, the Cleveland Guardians piled on the Pittsburgh Pirates.
3: It's not something that Clevelanders are too used to, but Cleveland has gone into Pittsburgh this week and dominated uh, the first two games, winning 10-1 on Tuesday night over the Pittsburgh Pirates. Five-run first, inning for the Guardians, Josh Naylor hits two more home runs, continuing to uh, upset the rest of the league that he wasn't elected to the All-Star game earlier this month. Logan Allen... Comes back up from AAA, pitches five innings, allows one run or one hit and a walk. Uh, he was coming off food poisoning his last week when he was in AAA as well. Only through 71 pitches, so the Guardians continue to be careful with him. The Guardians are going to continue to make the training deadline very interesting. They are now only uh, a game and a half back. The Twins and Mariners play late on Tuesday night. No idea where this thing's going to go. The Pirates aren't really good. The Guardians are... Kind of treading water here, but they have blown out the Pirates and they continue to make keep things close in the AL Central. Stay tuned to Locked on Guardians to figure out where this thing goes.
1: The Philadelphia Phillies and Milwaukee Brewers. A solid win for your
4: Philadelphia Phillies. Connor Thomas, your host of Locked on Phillies. It wasn't as easy as it looked like it was going to be early on in the game, but Aaron Nola, listen, I understand. The fifth inning was rough. The later innings were rough. He gave you a really good start tonight, and that is what you needed. The offense got going early. Kyle Schwarber lead off home run you love to get that going. Honestly, the difference in the game, if you look at it that way. Craig Kimbrell closes the door again. He's been outstanding. And while the defense wasn't great for the Phillies tonight, the bottom line is you're playing a team leading a division in baseball that's currently a playoff team in the Milwaukee Brewers leading the NL Central. And you go out and you get a win. Any wins you can stack at this point are great, and the Philadelphia Phillies got one. And the offense feels like it's right on the verge of really breaking out. But Hey, you've won four of the last five, and you feel very comfortable about where the Phillies are right now. We'll talk more on the next episode of Locked On
1: Phillies. And the Yankees looked for a measure of revenge against the Angels.
0: Right? How about story time with Mike? In 2014, the last time the Angels made the playoffs, they got knocked out of the playoffs by the 2014 Royals, who ran to the World Series. And after 96 games in 2014, those Royals were 48 and 48 after 96 games in 2023 our angels are 48 and 48 Hey everybody, it's Mike Frisch, one half of Locked On Angels. Angels get a victory on Tuesday night, 5-1 to over the New York Yankees. Patrick Sandoval goes seven and a third inning, strikes out seven, looks like an ace, was fantastic. Angels got some offense from Mickey Moniak. He hit a two-run home run and Shohei leads the majors in home runs. He tripled in Mickey Moniak in this game. He leads the majors in triples. Man, we, we're thinking that maybe this team is pretty special and we got some hope and we would invite you to have some hope with us. So join us on Lockdown Angels will recap this game and talk about our halos. Here is another story you need to know.
1: Brian Kelly arrived at LSU with questions he needed to answer. After a solid showing in year one, Kelly is ready for what comes in year two.
5: See you now. You're the old pro at this now. You're not the big guy on the block.
6: Yeah. I was trying to find my way around here last year at this time, Chris. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's exciting, right? We're back at football and uh, being in the SEC. You know, it's a challenge, you know, each and every week. You know it. But uh, our kids are excited about it. You know, obviously, we had Jaden Dale, he's here. Uh, you know, obviously, Makai Wingo, one of our defensive linemen. Uh, you know, it it's it, it just for us, it, it just feels like we've got a better sense of, uh, you know, what we need to do to be consistent. And, and that's, a, that's a great thing.
5: I know. Uh, Look, when, when LSU's been successful, they've been running back by committee. I know you've got some yep. really good running backs. You mentioned Josh Williams. He's a Houston kid, former walk-on. Love Josh. And you go and get a kid. I'm an I'm a Archbishop Rumble Raider. Ah, you go get a fellow guy, in Logan right. Diggs. Yep. Um, when LSU's successful in pounding the rock, it's everybody's bringing something to the table, right? No
6: doubt. And and it starts with that offensive line where we started two freshmen last year. and Now, you know, we bring back a, a veteran offensive line in the sense that they've played together and that physicality with depth at the running back position is how we want this offense to run. We found the tight end situation now, That's a whole lot clearer. When we sat down and talked last year, I didn't know who the starting five offensive linemen were going to be. I didn't know who the tight end was going to be. We knew we had some running backs, but now we're in a different place with depth at quarterback, obviously the running back situation, which we talked about, and then O-line is going to be a strength for us as well.
5: Have you ever had a turnaround that quick where you go from O-line is looking like a weakness to a year later, it's a huge strength?
6: No, because we had two freshmen play for us, and I've never had two true freshmen play and play at a high level. So that infusion of talent immediately turned this thing around so quickly. Usually, you got to wait another year before you see that, but it happened quicker because of the two true freshmen.
5: You said it today, Jaden Daniels is your starting quarterback. Obviously, he brings a lot to the table. We've heard about his improvement. Garrett Nussmeyer, obviously, in the few opportunities he's had, he's shown bright. Um, How do you balance? How do you play Garrett and and keep Jaden as the starter? Well, I think
6: you, you keep... competition alive uh as i said you know jaden has got to keep improving he's got to have a great camp because if he doesn't uh nussmeyer could beat him out so i think you just keep that option open that that you're the number one but you got a guy that is as good and can be the starter here as well so you just keep that competition open and you never say never and I think that's been a healthy environment I think both have prospered from it and both actually have gotten better because of it
5: you've obviously recruited well you continue to recruit well 2024 is building you've also managed a transfer portal very well is your roster, you know, you got to build this thing. Rome wasn't built in, in a day, yeah. but is your roster where you'd like it to be, or does it still have room to get where you want it to be? Oh,
6: it has room. I, I think I mean, you take 16 in the transfer portal, is probably a little too many for me. I'd like to say that that should be closer to 8 in the transfer portal where you're taking positions and topping the ta- tank off, so to speak. I think we're a little heavy on defense because we had holes that were recognizable. Um, so I think we're a year away. I think next year you'll see a less number and more in the freshman class
5: What surprised you most when we talk about lessons learned? What surprised you most in, in your one in the SEC?
6: How difficult it is on the road.
5: <laughs> I mean you knew it was tough, but it was even tougher <coughs> Maybe tougher than you imagined
6: um, Yeah, I think when, when you when you go into uh, those environments Um, and they're still full, and they don't leave, and their team is, you know, 500 or less, you go, this is different. This is a crazy environment. So um, I just think being on the road and winning on the road in the SEC um, is as difficult as as any environment that I've gone into. And so you expect, you know, they're SEC teams, but you don't expect them to be, um, you know, that difficult to play when they're not having great seasons.
1: Stay up to date all year on the Southeastern Conference by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On SEC on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, the team that is most able to trade for Shohei Otani should not, in fact, trade for Shohei Otani.
4: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
1: Shohei Otani may be available, in case you haven't heard. Being the best player of his generation, he will be an upgrade for whatever team acquires him. But the Angels should be looking for a King's ransom in return. Enter the Cincinnati Reds. With one of the deepest prospect pools to deal, they should be a team the Angels are looking to work with. Locked on Reds hosts Jeff Carr and Stephen Offenbaker believe the Reds
7: should not make a trade for Otani. You cannot compare a trade of Shohei Otani to anyone. I mean, it would the, the closest thing you could fathom is trading an ace level pitcher and your middle-of-the-order hitter, but you're doing it for one guy, for one roster spot. And as much as it would be awesome, and trust me. There have been times when I have imagined an, a, a lineup that includes Shohei Ohtani and a day where the probable starter on the mound for your Cincinnati Reds is Shohei Ohtani against Corbin Burns or whoever is on the other side of the field. This would go against everything Nick crawl has told us he is doing. He has told us for years. And as much as everyone hates the peaks and valleys comment, he's doing what he said. He's eliminating peaks and valleys because he's bringing the level up and the level's going to stay here for multiple years. Hopefully, the foreseeable future. That would be nice to say, but it's kind of hard to say that the reds will be contenders forever. That would be the hottest take in the history of forever, but still the the way that he is able to raise the talent level of this organization, not just the 26 man roster, but the organization that the reds have now to then take the biggest chunk of that and give it to the angels would be malpractice so as much as i would love to see the reds make this trade there's no realm of reasonable reality where they should absolutely do this
1: if you're an everyday listener of this show you know what i'm gonna say it's what i say every time these sorts of conversations come up when we're talking about dealing young players for proven Super duper freaking alien stars, which is what Shohei Otani is. Yeah, the Reds have a lot of really good young players. They could be anything. They could even be as good as Shohei Otani. And the thing about that calculation here is we're not just talking about, okay, if you put a group of three or four guys together, they could be more impactful as hitters than Shohei Otani. Or if you put two or three pitchers together, they can be more impactful than Shohei Ohtani. Ohtani is both. Yes, your young players could hit and you could be off to the moon. Or they could do what most good young players do and that is flame out. I I don't, I don't mean to be a downer on anybody's life here. That's just what the odds say is going to happen. Shohei Ohtani is... One of the most incredible athletes we've ever seen. If you have the ammunition to go get that guy, I'm sorry, you go get that guy. And finally, it's July, but Aaron Donald is still setting records. The Los Angeles Rams star became the most decorated 99 club member in Madden history on Tuesday, being given the top rating in the video game for the seventh time in his career, passing, ironically, Peyton Manning who have been 99 in Madden for six editions of the game. As far as we know, Donald has no hand in setting player rankings for Madden video games. So yeah, pretty legit. Although if you found out he was calling and being like, hey, you better do this. And the Madden game makers were like, right away, Mr. Donald, you'd, you'd forgive them, right? Luckily, that doesn't have to be the case. He's just freaking awesome. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, who will win the SEC this year? So, at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.
0: Hey,
4: Prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.